Okay. That's no problem. Is that a problem? <laughs> <laughs> Not a problem. It's too late now, isn't it? It's I can't really now. change my voice. Sorry, you need to go back yeah. and get born again. <laughs> 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 This is Layers, a conversation about building brands with more depth. Starting a brand takes planning and effort. Building a brand takes plenty of hard yakka. But what about standing the test of time? What does it take to make a brand consistently great over decades? That's what today's podcast is all about. MC, g'day. Hey Dave, how you doing? I'm pretty good. It's good. When I think about the the brands for ages, mm-hmm. like Patagonia or Nike or uh, Qantas or Apple, there's a common thread that runs through them. Mm-hmm. What is that common thread? <laughs> <laughs> Putting me on the spot here. Yeah, I am. Um, I guess there's certainly a level of, uh, I guess, uh, consistency and classic um branding at play there I think yeah consistency is definitely one that comes to mind for me yeah you sort of I think very clearly know when you hear even all those names exactly what they stand for so there's I guess a level of clarity that they've probably achieved and then stuck to Um, it's not to say that they haven't all evolved but certainly I mean it's sort of something we talk about a bit where often say your highest aspirations like your why or your mission doesn't often change, but then, you know, maybe the messages around it, the, the products, the features, the benefits, the lower level stuff can evolve. But often that, you know, if you see that original mission carry through, that's also a sign of a really strong brand. So you think that's probably true of a lot of those brands you just mentioned. Well, you did a pretty nice job for being on the, <laughs> on the spot there, sticking on the spot. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah, I definitely think consistency and this like steadfast adherence to things like the mission and the why, like you're talking about, um, even the type of people that get hired as mm. well, um, because they identify with that why or the or the mission, um, the problems that they solve for the customer as well too. They're very consistent about that. Yep. Um, and then you've got this messaging and identity layer that also stays fairly consistent um, over time as well. Yeah. Um, the the one you mentioned there about the solving customer problems one, I think, is is really good because that to me is another sort of anchor thing that you can always rely on you know if if you're constantly shaping the business around that instead of being like well this is our this is our product or this is our service and sticking to that steadfastly then you're a lot better set up to endure I think if if you're constantly reevaluating what the customer needs and reacting to that you know that prism then rather than we know what's good for you it's always looking at you know how the customer's problems are changing or trying to find new ways to solve the same, you know, things. I mean, if you think about Nike, for example, like... That's where I was going in my head. Yeah, (laughs) right, like running performance, you know, as a subset of one of their, you know, customer needs. Like, they're constantly innovating and trying to solve that challenge better. And I'm sure they're even re-evaluating to a degree what the problem is, you know, like looking at the same problem but with different lens, you know, one of their big new shoes that they've come out with recently um, has been all about injury prevention, you know, and like just keeping you running for longer. That's kind of the, the message that they're putting behind their shoe. And that is to me almost a fresh way of looking at the same problem, you know, the broader problem of how do you be a better runner, but then sort of almost finding this nuance and insight within that of, okay, 
this shoe might help you run 100 meters faster, but you know the real long way to get better as a runner is consistent training. So let's actually build a shoe around how to keep you training more consistently because it's preventing injuries and stuff like that. Right, yeah, because if you trace that lineage all the way back into the 70s when they first started, it was all about waffle soles. Yeah, and, exactly. And, and it kind of comes at the same problem or solving the same problem for, for customers as well, which is just, you know, create the best possible shoe experience so that the athlete can do what they do. Yeah. Athleting, <laughs> if that's even a word. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think you, you see that common thread. I mean, it's the same if you if you think about Qantas as well too. I mean, that's an enduring brand that's been around for a long time. It's been through, you know, brand refreshes a number of times mm. over its over its history, but its core problem solving has still been the, the same, which is to create, you know, the best possible passenger experience when you mm. fly with them. Yeah. Um, and that hasn't changed from when they first started. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think even just to sort of round out that Nike example is like they could have very easily taken more of the tack of we're in the waffle shoe business, you know, if that was the original innovation to make you a better runner. And if they had stuck to that and been very dogmatic about the product rather than the the customer problem that they're trying to solve, you know, you could see how they would have been outdated and, you know, faded away if they had it just stuck to, well, this is the the product. And you can even see that in their recent evolution. You know, Nike's always known for air. Like how long has it been synonymous with air as their technology mm. for cushioning? And, you know, this is getting a bit nerdy for you and I because it's our background. But um, now, you know, in a lot of their recent shoes, there isn't air. You know, and they've realised that there are better technologies out there to provide cushioning and support and that sort of thing. So they've been happy to move away from that, even though it is something that they're synonymous with hmm. because they are evolving and they're willing to just keep focusing on what's better for the customer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think it's that relentless pursuit of trying to find better ways to, to get at the same problem mm-hmm. uh, that I think provides that platform for consistency. And, yeah. Um, and and I think that's just really interesting when you just when you apply that to pretty much any of the the brands that have been around for twenty or thirty years, uh, they all seem to share that common trait. Yep. All right, let's talk about some other things that other aspects of of that um, longevity. Mm-hmm. What else comes to mind? Yeah, I guess for me the first step or. I guess even mindset shift, I'm sure for a lot of people is to get away from thinking about branding as a singular project that you do at the start of your business when it's formed and then, Mm. you know, sort of wipe your hands and walk away. Like you really have to realize that it's an ongoing investment. You know, your brand is something that, you know, is, is cornerstone to your business, you know, whether you like it or not. And, and because as we talked about way back on the first episode of this podcast, really your brand is just all the collected experiences and feelings that people have towards your business. Mm. It's not just your logo. It's something that you do need to just continually invest in, you know, so shifting that mindset. And and I think, again, looking at any of those names you mentioned or any brand that you, that you want to talk about that has endured or, you know, gone from strength to strength, you can absolutely guarantee it's something that they're conscious of the concept of brand at a, at a higher level, but that they're then, you know, month in and month out investing in that. And that doesn't just mean marketing activities, you know, like obviously the marketing you do and the tactical stuff you do is part of that ongoing 
um, brand experience and it definitely affects your customer's experience and their perception. But there's just other things that you need to, to keep doing, I guess, to, to reinvest in your brand as such. Yeah, and if I was just to pick out one element of brand, which is identity, and even if you want a couple messaging with that as well, I, I mean, it's almost like in many ways there's like an unspoken rule in branding, which is that like the, the mark is sacred and the mark never gets updated and it stays the same. But but that's not true for any of these brands that have been around for a long time. They've consistently evolved their identity to reflect a new energy or a, a new um, take on their brands. Mm. So they're not fixed in any way. And I think that's really interesting, like when you when you think about why they've done that. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, that was one of the other thoughts that I had coming into this is, again, if you look at it as to how most people probably think about what you're talking about, they would even say, oh, okay, I realize I'm going to have to reinvest into my brand, but they would look at it as almost like a three-year tentpole sort of thing that you're forecasting out to. So I'll do my brand and my website and my messaging today, and then I won't do anything with it for three years. And then when I do get to it, it'll be complete, like throw everything out and start again type approach. Because even to what you're saying, like, someone like Nike hasn't sort of maybe changed the very immediate, you know, logo mark of the swoosh, but they certainly absolutely have evolved their visual identity around that. Um, And that's the thing is one of the points I wanted to make is that it's not about, you know, throwing everything out and starting again all the time. It's, it's evolving, you know, bits around the fringes, you know, we talk about messaging again there, you don't have to rewrite every bit of copy that you've ever written about your brand. It might be, well, this one individual message is no longer relevant or we're targeting this new type of customer so we need some more messaging that talks to them or, you know, suddenly this service is our number one service so let's put some more emphasis around that or move it up the hierarchy of messaging. That kind of continually evolving um, aspect of it I think is really key. Yeah, I mean, I actually went back and had a look at some old Patagonia messaging mm. from the 1980s because yeah. I was curious to know had they were they still messaging exactly the same as they were back in the 80s as they were now mm. or even just in the last couple of years and it's interesting like I found this um, this ad that was like shelter from the storm was the the, the headline and um, and in essence what they're really trying to get at, at that point is they're they're a brand for uh, for the environment, but they're an outdoors brand. Um, but they're playing less on the environmental mm-hmm. side of things at that point in time. But what was interesting is by the time they got to the 2000s, um, the headline on one of their ads from 2014 was don't buy this jacket, which was like anti-consumerism mm-hmm. um, for the sake of the environment. So they've always been a brand about the environment. They've just messaged it in different ways over over time. Yeah, exactly. So... So I think it comes back to that piece about steadfast consistency around uh, the problems that they solve for the, the the customer as well too and being a values-led company. Yeah. Um, they've been very consistent about that all the way through. Yeah, and that's the nuance I think of all this, right, is mm. knowing which bits to keep and which bits are core and yeah, then which what, bits to evolve flex, and, yeah. and how to yeah. change that execution over time and those sorts of things too. Um you know, because I think if we go back, say, even to the Nike example around their visual identity, a lot of that, you know, because 
we've talked about the performance side of their business, but they also have a massive cool factor. And obviously visual identity plays a huge part in that. You know, so again, I think on that side of things, they're sort of more known more broadly just for being cool and relevant and being able to, I guess, keep the finger on the pulse there. Mm. But you see the the visual identity itself evolve with, you know, even fashion and trends and sometimes setting trends over time. But again, they have a core value or a core competency, if you like, of being cool, you know, if that is a competency and, and keeping the finger on the pulse of what is cool or even directing it. But then they've had that execution layer evolve because of that over time mm. and, and tweak things around the edges. So, yeah. yeah, it's very interesting. All right, what else is on the list? Uh, I think to that point really is just then this idea of, you know, how do you keep your own finger on the pulse, you know, and for me that's some sort of regular check-in with your brand, you know. Again, I think for a lot of uh, entrepreneurs or, you know, smaller to medium-sized business owners, they've got so much else on their plate, the actual running of the business, you know, the the branding stuff I'm sure is always fairly low on the priority list or, you know, feels like it can mostly take care of itself. So it's hard to find the time, but I think you have to do those regular sort of check-ins to, to get the pulse of the brand and how it's doing and take a look at what you're saying, you know, from a messaging point of view, is it still relevant? You know, you dig out the strategy doc, I think is a good idea of, you know, Hopefully you did some strategy work when you, you know, came up with the brand platform that you're sort of pitching from. So, yeah, I guess, you know, doing those regular check-ins. And then I think that also extends to, you know, a little bit of, you know, at the the most base layer, a bit of, you know, water cooler talk, you know, at the higher end, some full-blown research. But talking to your staff and your customers um, about, you know, how they're feeling about the brand and whether it's still relevant and what's mm. missing, what's doing well, what's not doing so well. Uh, almost to me becomes like analytics for your brand. You know, mm. you can get a lot of website analytics. It's less easy to get, you know, brand sentiment uh, analytics. But I think we've talked about this before, like not letting that stop you from at least asking some people to get some sort of yeah. temperature on, on how things are going. Yeah, I mean, it's it's so critical, I think, when you look at the the lessons from brands that have been around for a long time, you can trace back their DNA right back to like that foundation day and and the the values that are inputted in those brands. And they, they tend to live on in all those brands. Um, you know, for Apple, like design was, was such a critical element of their brand early on. Um, and that still is true and evident today. And it makes me think that if you're a founder starting your, your brand today, you've got to really think like very deeply about those things because it becomes the thing that perpetuates over time, (laughs) that sort of snowballs over time. So you've got to be very deliberate and very careful about the values that you choose now and the mission and the why. Um, and that you, the strategy is really clear and set because once those things get set in motion, it's very hard to undo them. Mm. Um, but also it can be incredibly powerful for a brand in those first five years as well too. So you don't want to be figuring this out after the first decade. You want to be really, really clear about that early on in the piece, I think, because you can see the impact that it has on, on your um, perception as a brand as you get to year 20 or year 30. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that 
there definitely is that importance to, to try your best to get it right in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, because to your point, you know, if we go back to that idea of brand being, you know, this cumulative thing that in, in customers' mind that builds over time, well, just because you rebrand, for example, at some point in time, you can't really wash away or erase all those existing perceptions. Mm. I guess the only counterpoint I would have to that is you also don't want to be five years in reevaluating where you're at, like taking the temperature of your brand, looking at your strategy and sort of feeling like you have to stick to a why that no longer means anything to you, mm-hmm. you know. If, yeah. if the cornerstone of the why is to give you passion and drive and, to, and that that's the reason why it makes your business better, yeah, I think it is sometimes important to ask yourself the tough question of like, is my heart still really in this, you know, or do I care more about something else, you know, and, and maybe look for an opportunity to pivot, et cetera. I think to back up your point, you certainly don't take that lightly and you definitely don't want to be flip-flopping every 12 months. Yeah, and that might be the time to check out the the episode on the rebrand. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think you also, yeah, you don't want to sort of, I guess, feel like you're beholden to mm. to something that you... Yeah, I mean, I guess all I'm, I'm really trying to say there is that if you... If you be really intentional about mm, it, you can take sure. you can really take the the lessons from those brands that have been around for a long time, and and you can see how when it gets played forward, that those real clear intentions about your values um, can be so important to getting to where you want to get as a as a brand, and and thinking actually much longer term than where am I going to be in twelve months time? Yeah, it's like okay, where do I want to be in a decade? And, uh, and I think that drives a different set of questions. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, the last one on my list then was just around this idea of sort of finding your brand champions. Mm-hmm. So whether that's internal people, external, you know, your best, best customers. Um, but just, I guess, those people that really do, you know, buy in or have bought in in the past, you know, to what your brand stood for and, and were almost evangelical about it. And then I guess just trying to really tap into them for those check-ins and and to get a sense, you know, of, you know, you were super passionate about this or you loved our product or service or before, like, do you still, you know, do you not? Like, what would you want to see? Like, not that you want to be, I guess, just following one or two people's opinion, but I think there's definitely those people, whether it be staff or customers, that are sort of almost always your biggest ally and you want to keep them that way, obviously, at an individual level, but I think they give you a lot of key insights that can help you understand whether you are sort of still living your values or not. Yeah, so this really comes back to, like, um, being consistent about the problems that you're solving. Yeah, and, that's and, a good point. And also just continuing to check in with your customer to make sure that the problem that you're solving is, is, the, is the right one um, and it's in step with, I guess, how how they're evolving as a, as a customer as well too. I mean, that was a really good example that you gave around, you know, the Nike shoes and and how, you know, over time that will change. I'm sure in five years' time Nike will be solving the same problem with shoes but in but in a different way. Yeah, for sure. All right, good stuff. Well, um, it's good to kind of talk that through today. Um, I think there's there's a lot of interesting territory to cover in, in longevity um, and brands that have been around for, for a long time. It's worth paying attention to them because they're just there's so many lessons to be learnt there. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's good to dig into it. Good chat. Thanks, MC. Thanks. Sir. 
This is Layers, a conversation about building brands with more depth. 